Welcome to the Globe Trotten ADs. This podcast is for you, athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches, and program associates based in international schools around the world. The Globe Trotten ADs is proudly hosted by Nick DeForest from the American International School Vienna and Matt Fleming from the American International School of Budapest. Here they are now, Nick and Matt and the Globe Trotten ADs. And it's my great privilege to team up with both the NIAAA and the NFHS together at your 51st annual National Athletic Directors Conference and NIAAA meetings. Hello, everybody, wherever you are out there in the world, and welcome to this edition of the Globetrotten ADs. Uh, we're going to do a special edition today. We're going to do a wrap-up of the recent NIAAA National Athletic Directors Conference that was uh, posted or was hosted online, uh, which Nick and I participated in, as well as many other ADs throughout the world. And uh, we're going to kind of do a recap of some things that happened in the conference, some highlights, some feedback, and what people thought of this unusual yet effective conference, which we were able to join luckily this year. So what's up, Nick? Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, Matt, you said it. This is a, a recap, but not just us talking after the fact. Uh, we made clips with tons of people throughout the conference, clips from parts of the conference. You heard Tony Dungy just kick us off there. He was the... Uh, opening speaker and lots of different things so we have a whole bunch of sections we're kind of breaking it down we have a section that we'll start first and talk about courses and workshops round tables and section meetings we'll get into the opening and closing sessions uh, then we have a big clip section with uh, things that we missed about the in-person conference things we liked about online we'll talk about the exhibition hall positives from the year and then uh, I'll talk about some fun stuff at the end, maybe close it off on a, on a fun note. So let's get started and uh, talk about the LTC courses and some workshops, Matt. So one main thing about this conference was that the courses were a week before, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they were, uh, and they worked, they were really good with the international crowd too, I think, with the timings of the offerings of the courses. So for example, they were all before the regular LTC. So if you wanted to take a 900 level course, they were offered uh, nine o'clock central time, which is what they were going by, or sorry, Eastern time in the US uh, EST. So that was, that was good. So everybody had a common time that they could kind of plan around for that. So it was good for us being here in Europe because that meant three o'clock, we would start a course and ours went from four till about seven o'clock in the evening here. So that worked out pretty good. But if you were taking if you're taking one of the other courses, then you had to take it later in the evening for right. depending on where you were. But with the spacing of the nine hundreds before all the rest, uh, it gave some people a chance to take two courses in a day, right? And I know uh, at least yeah. Dave did that. I mean, a, a long eight hour day uh, in yeah, front of the screen, but possible, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it. What was also interesting to hear from the NIAAA was the actually the 900 courses were some of the more popular ones. Right. So in terms of numbers of participants, that was good to hear that right. uh, you know those those courses were well received and more are taking them and 
I'll be interested to see what the average was for course, mm -hmm. all courses, uh, and kind of where the 900s compared to that. Uh, I remember we had a, a pre-meet with the with the NIAAA exec guys, and they said, the, of course, the 500 level courses are usually the the higher numbers with, in terms of uh, participants because those are the entry level ones, and you you get a lot of folks who are just starting out in the program and they'll right. take those. Um, but it was good. To, that was promising to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we had the biggest number we ever had in 904 and uh, it was great. I think obviously the, the exam being offered, um, gave a lot of people some incentive to, to take those 900 classes all in a row. Yeah, sure. You know, we had over 20 people take 901, two, three, and four, four days in a row. And then, uh, we'll probably have sat for the exam by now. Yeah. Well, good on them. If you're one of those folks listening, uh, congratulations and, and well done on sticking that through. Cause I know that's a, that's a grind being, especially this way being in front of the computer. It's another thing when you're doing it in person, but when you're online right. doing these courses, it, it can be, uh, it can be a challenging. Let's just say right. that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But even, you know, with all the offerings online since March, um, it's great to see that the numbers were still really high for those courses. Absolutely. Uh, well, the next big part, obviously, of the conference is the workshop sessions, right? And that was mm -hmm. one massive bonus this year is you can watch every workshop, right? You can go back and rewatch it after it's sure. happened. Um, and even better, uh, like I did on one of the sessions, I won't say which ones, but you could leave, enter and leave rooms um, without disrupting anybody, right? So, you know, yeah. after one, it was about 15 minutes in and wasn't really helpful for what I what I wanted or thought it was going to be. So I just went into another room and, and watched the rest. No no problem. I wonder if that's something the NIAAA will consider uh, down the road, you know, like next year in terms of the workshops. Right. You know, next year if we're back in person again, it'll be the similar set, set up where they have a schedule of workshops and you can go pick a room you want to go to or check out, go to another room. But I wonder if they'll think about maybe they record these workshop sessions because they're pretty good. They're, they're, they're nice because yeah. they're 45 minutes to an hour. So they're not, um, you know, big time consumers or, um, you know, something your attention span can usually handle right. <laughs> depending on what you got going on that day. But um, I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool if they could record those somehow and then make them available to participants. So that happens sometimes. There might be two workshops you're interested in checking out but they're yeah. at the same time. So you have to decide which one you're going to do. Right. But I think with technology being what it is now and the capabilities of right. easily recording things, um, maybe that's something they'll consider. Yeah. Maybe they could take that as feedback for, for next year. Right. And especially with the courses, that was one of the good things because I was a few years stuck, stuck teaching a, a course when there was a few yeah. workshops going on that I really wanted to see, you know, sure. so there was no way I could get around that. Um, I definitely, er, neither of us left the session with Jason Culler early though. We have to say that, right? We stuck to the end because That's we true. made, we made some recordings at the end, which we'll hear later, but, uh, no, Jason, we didn't leave yours early. Didn't leave and come back. We were there. <laughs> stuck out. We were there. Uh, well, one of the, um, the aspects of the conference that everyone's going to talk about later in the clips is how the sharing, you know, and, uh, conversations in the hallway and. And these, these roundtable sessions, right, where you can really meet people and talk. Well, I thought the NIAAA did a great job in keeping the roundtable sessions and section meetings just like in person. 
Um, I thought they're really well, really well done, you know, lots of give and take in the sessions I was in. And it really made it feel like a normal conference for me, you know, gave us a chance to share. And yeah, I agree. Uh, cause there was a chance, you know, you had a chance to listen to the guys do their presentations, uh, mm-hmm. or lead the discussion. And, um, uh, you know, for the round table, I believe they had a moderator mm-hmm. as well. Somebody could run, kind of run the questions and answers. So right. yeah, that was pretty streamlined. Yeah, the the hot topics, uh, I guess, roundtable where we all, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people went into the one call. And I was wondering, how's that going to work? You know, there's only one button to join, but there's, you know, eight different topics and rooms, right? So to to have that and then be able to select what room you wanted to go to, I thought was great um, and really easy to organize, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and just to get back to workshop, I, I yep. one of the ones that was interesting for me was I went to one that was um, presented by... Uh, 280s who are uh, it was about building new facilities right. which was interesting because we might be doing that at my school so uh, but it was interesting to see the comparisons of types of facilities you can you can build <laughs> this guy was the AD from Texas uh, a large school district I can't remember the name at the moment it slips me but the the stadium they built cost 70 million dollars which was <laughs> quite impressive yeah I'll say. 70 million. Hey, that's Texas. That's great. <laughs> but it, I still found it useful because yeah. the guy had a lot of good insights about the process, the, the stakeholders and the, um, you know, pitfalls and like, what a project. That must, have, that must have taken up two years of his life, I'm sure. <laughs> or more, right? Get, getting yeah. the funds and everything, getting it all leading up and then the construction and well. Anyway, sorry. Well, no, that's good. We should we should definitely talk about the section meeting, though. Um, a yeah. big part of the conference, you know, for people that aren't on the committees to to come in and listen to what that section's up to, how they can get involved, um, and uh, and we had a good turnout for ours. It was a great turnout, and uh, the thing I walked away from that meeting feeling really good about was the interest level of folks to jump in and they want to get right. involved, either uh, joining maybe the ad hoc committee or being regional coordinators or maybe even, you know, getting on board to teach classes to become part of the faculty. So right. that was promising to hear because that tells us that people are, are definitely interested. Some of the folks we know already, cause we've met them at other conferences. So I think yeah. they want, you know, as they get more involved, they want to do a little more, mm-hmm. uh, which is good to see. Cause um, for me, the more, the merrier, yeah. uh, the more personalities we can get into the group, the better. And uh, you just get different angles, different viewpoints, especially people coming from all different types of international schools from all over the world. So that was, that was a good thing to hear from. Yeah. And uh, everyone that, that mentioned anything in there, I put your name to Bruce and uh, that email is still coming. So don't worry, you didn't miss it. Um, We'll get you on board. That's for sure. Big thanks for uh, the enthusiasm to to all all those folks. And that international section meeting um, was just the start of that day. It was early, early in the afternoon, and then um, I hosted a bit of a social uh, after for anyone that wanted to stick around and enjoy a beverage. And uh, we had we had a great chat. About twenty people were on there, and most of the recordings um, that are coming later were taken from that uh, social. Let's say right. uh, international social. Which is one of the things you can't have uh, online, or you know, not as right. not as fun, to the meetup. So uh, it was really cool to be able to do that, and uh, everyone that was on there had a had a good time. I think we we talked shop, but uh, also had some laughs. So sure, that was, was great. 
Okay. You get to catch up. Okay, but before we get into the clips of the conference and people that we take in, we have to start, let's say, at the beginning, the opening and closing general sessions. Um, two real high pro oh god, two real high profile uh, people kind of opened and closed the proceedings, and uh, both from Florida. So I think they both would have been there on stage um, oh, if we were in sure. Tampa, right? That would have been really cool to get a chance to possibly meet Tony Dungy or at least, you know, get, shake his hand and say thank you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I got a chance to catch a little bit of the clip. I didn't watch it all yet because the, the time he actually came on when they first put it out wasn't really great for me. <laughs> so I, I still haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. But uh, that's going to be one of the again, that's going to be a nice thing, at least with this this uh, this online version. I can go back and watch it sometime. So I have some time now. I can do that over the holidays, which would be good. Yeah, yeah, and that it was pre-recorded, right? The opening. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a webinar or anything. It was there, and it was a, you know, a collection of, of videos and everything that the opening session really is. There's um, a keynote speaker. There's the welcomes. You know, the presidents. Um, you have the election, which we'll talk about. There was a campaign speeches in there, um, and it, but it really is a lot of good content. Um, that you can take that's just it's just general you know remember last year in in dc um that opening session will won't be forgotten for a while right the backpack up and down the yeah coolio um it, it's always really good it's always really good and uh yeah. so different feeling obviously sitting at home or wherever you are watching it and not in a big room um yeah. but message still well received and this is where we want to play our first clip um, I got a clip of Tony Dungy talking a little bit about culture and winning atmosphere. Here we go. All right. Winning atmosphere is, is winning thought process. And we had one sign in our locker room for the 13 years I was a head coach, and it was only six words. But it really stressed what we talked about is expectations, execution, and below that, no excuses, no explanations. So our expectations, we're going to think like champions, we're going to expect to be champions, but then you can't just think about it, you've got to do it. What does it take? And what are the things I have to execute to get that done? And then I'm not going to let anything stop me. Uh, no excuses, or we don't have enough money. Well, okay, we'll work around that. What can we do with the, the budget that we do have? Uh, no explanations as to why we can't get it done. And, and I think that is how you change the culture and create that winning atmosphere. Yeah, so that's that's a great great clip, and again, I think no matter where you are, yeah. international, stateside, Canada, whatever, um, that's a pretty universal theme in terms of applying yourself and and doing the best you can do in your your job. Right. So that that was inspirational here from from Coach Dungey. Yeah, and really any size school, any any team, any program, really doesn't matter, right? It's great. Yep. Um, so. We mentioned it a bit already, but one of the other things at the opening ceremony were the campaign speeches and the election. Yeah. And uh, our friend Mike Elson was up for election and uh, unfortunately he lost. But very surprising for us anyway, watching the speech and then uh, hearing the Globetrot and 80s mentioned. Um, yeah, very... that's great. Shout out. Yeah, it was, it was interesting that they still had that process. I mean, it was great. I mean, they have to, of course, but the whole election process with the at-large committee or the at-large position. And uh, 
Although I, that's one thing I enjoy when I'm at the conference that, you know, they always got people out in the hallways shouting out, you know, vote for, vote for Mike, yeah. handing out coolers or something that's like a little souvenir, but, you know, campaign kind of uh, paraphernalia, right, I guess. Right. Um, and they're selling 50 50 raffle tickets too. You can get those. It's, 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 it's always like a festive atmosphere. So I kind of miss that of course, but, um, but it's, it's, it's interesting that they still had the, uh, process in place. And, um, of course, Mike ended up not gaining the position, but I thought, you know, his, his, uh, campaign speech and his efforts were, were pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I had a chance to sit with Mike and, uh, Doug Kilgore and Phil Risen after our last round table. And uh, talk to him a little bit. We'll hear a lot of that clip near the end. Um, but let's listen to Mike right now talk about losing the election, but then also the award that he was recognized with. Okay. Well, I mean, like everything in life or throughout my life, um, you know, one door shuts and it just means there's another door to walk through and an, another street or avenue to walk down. So, I am, um, I'm so fully entrenched in many different parts of the NIAAA and it's a B12 shot every time I get to be a part of any of it. So, you know, for example, this afternoon, we're beginning the, the new mentor cohort. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a lot of time to cry over spilt milk. It's <laughs> yeah. time to, to get back up and get going again. And, you know, I, I read a lot of leadership books. I do a lot of speaking, presenting, um, you know, been at my school for 34 years. And, and um, so, you know, when you have that much experience, you're going to get knocked down and you just got to get back up and keep going. I mean, that's the, that's it. So that's my mantra right now. And, and um, I'm disappointed, but not, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not going to stop me from doing all of the other things I have the opportunity to do. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. And there obviously was a positive too, because you were honored with an award. Um, at the same conference. So like you said, you know, one, one on each side there. So um, what does that professional development award uh, mean to you? And, you know, what did you think when you found out that you were this year's uh, winner? Um, I was beyond thrilled. There's a personal touch to this award because Mr. Kowaleski was my high school athletic director. So to have that legacy, uh, to be able to have that, that touch point, I actually, when I was in high school, stayed at Mr. Kovaleski's house. His son, Mike, was a, a friend of mine, and we were officers in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in our high school. Um, Mr. Kovaleski always wore the green jacket in our, um, you know, we were, we were green and white, the Newcastle Trojans. And so when I found out that I was, I, I can't imagine a better award. Um, frankly, if I don't ever get another award in my entire life, I'm <laughs> totally fine with it. But if I had one that I would aspire to hope to be associated with, yeah. it was the, the Mr. Kovaleski or Frank, everybody says Frank Kovaleski, but he's Mr. Kovaleski to me, uh, professional development award. And, you know, it's, um, I think that award, rep award represents hard work. And I've taken over 50 LTC courses and I've taught and written and I'm writing. I just, I love hard work. And that's what that, award means to me the reflection of hard work all right so yeah mike just uh just as uh great in defeat as as he would have been in victory um, but we'll hear a bit more from him later on 
We want to get into our next section now, and that's some more clips. But it's about what we missed about the in-person conference. Um, and we're going to start it off with a big recording of that social session after the international section meeting. Um, we'll hear from uh, Todd, Mike, other Mike, Turner, and Jimmy. And uh, here, here we go. I would say the social interaction is the thing I'm missing the most. Uh, you know, COVID is, is crippling all of us. Uh, and that's, it's always so nice to get together with colleagues and friends that you haven't been able to see for a while. Uh, and then sessions in person are always better than on video. Yeah, it was the last couple of years. And, and uh, I, I, just to follow up on, on what others have said as well is, um, I think like the breakout sessions when you're when you're in the actual sessions themselves and a little bit more opportunity to to speak a bit one on one with other groups and I always find it great to see everybody's background even if you're with people that are stateside and just kind of getting their perspective and and seeing how you can come together like internationally with uh, uh, with the guys that are in the states or Canada or UK wherever so I kind of miss that kind of you know going back and forth and kind of comparing notes and, and, and seeing. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that's what I miss the most is just that one-to-one -one interaction with people from different backgrounds. I really miss the uh, getting down to the vendor session, seeing all the stuff I could dream about buying. <laughs> the best part about the conference is honestly these, uh, these conversations right here, right? And we're able to have these conversations at a bar with a beer, uh, with some stateside ads who have interest in, in international stuff. Um, and this is really the best PD that we can get, right? I take I take the LTIs, um, I do that stuff, but uh, but it's so fun uh, to see you all and to have these conversations and. Hey, I just want to echo what he said. The best part so far, well, I mean, I've been absorbing all the content from my classes, but the best part is breakout rooms or conversations with people who are willing to share, but also people that I don't have to explain what I do all day. And I know we've been getting those questions during the COVID time, but even when I'm at my busiest during a normal school year, people are like, so what do you even do? And I'm like, wait, are you kidding? Like I'm Check out my pedometer. I'm, I'm everywhere on campus doing everything. And if I even tried to try to explain it to you, I don't think you, you would get it or find it important. So being with people that are sharing like stories that I go through every day without me having to explain it, you just get it. It's so comforting because that doesn't happen very often. Yes, we also have some clips from, uh, from Jason Collar as well as uh, his co-presenter Masanori uh, Taguchi. Uh, so that, that was fun because we got to talk a little bit about pro wrestling, which was always a little bit exciting. Uh, we'll hear from Jim Matter, uh, our good buddy Dave Horner. And uh, I was lucky enough to get some feedback from Kelly Lang, who's down there in Muscat. So some good feedback coming through. That's that's easy for me. It's the face-to-face. -face. I mean, Nick, I've known you and, and Matt. I've known you guys for several years. I mean, I don't know, eight or nine now. You know, I I'm a I miss the physical presence of being able to go up and just hug somebody, slap them on the back. <laughs> you know, just that face to face interaction and, and yeah. all the stuff that goes on, the sharing of ideas outside of. I get more information outside of the meeting rooms than I do in the meeting rooms. Right. You know, 
Um, so that's that's really the biggest thing is I miss. Plus, uh, Mason Ori talked about it earlier uh, before anybody got in the room. It's, it's that time where I have a little lull in the action, and it's a chance to recharge my batteries, man. It's a chance for me to kind of mid-year, re-spark me, re-energize me, get me going. So I'll let Mason Ori answer his portion. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I think I think mine is just getting to to recharge, like Jason was saying, but also getting to meet ads like myself. And when we start having conversations, it doesn't matter where we are in the country or the world; we have some of the same issues. Yeah. And so, and but we're trying to address them the same way. And so it's good to it's good to find out that somebody has the same problem that I do, and so we can try to troubleshoot it together. Um, but the biggest part is just being able to steal ideas. Um, and if I can bring one thing back to my school to make my school better, then it was a successful conference. I think, I think those, you know, of course seeing you guys, but then, and then teaching with the cues that you get that we're not really getting the audience, the, Oh yeah. Moments that we would see normally, um, so the thing I missed the most was those um, ad hoc conversations that you have with people who are doing your job from all around the world. Yeah, there's a lot of stateside ADs, but there's also a lot of international ADs. And I tend to find that you learn a lot just from having uh, ad hoc uh, conversations just about what you're doing in your work. What are some things that are working for you, things that aren't working for you? That, that's really where I get the majority of my learning when I go to conferences. I think uh, for me personally, first, I have two things is, first of all, I missed uh, being in the same time zone because I was participating in the conference from uh, 11 p.m. to about 3 a.m. on school nights throughout much of the conference. So I was, I was pretty tired for about a week and a few days after. So, um, but I mean, it says a lot that I was fully engaged until three in the morning and then I just went to sleep for a few hours and got up and went, went to work. But so, so that's one thing unique to my situation because I'm in Oman. And, but I think um, overall in general, I, I really miss that incidental networking that happens either in your classes when you're chatting or in the hallway or, you know, meeting new people on the charity walk or, or, or wherever and connecting, you know, seeing you in person, seeing old friends yeah. in person and um, people, especially our international community coming from all over the world. Um, I miss that, that was, that's a big miss. And of course, um, we talked about what we missed about the in-person there, but uh, as we mentioned, the online one was a great alternative. So here's some clips about what people liked most about being online and this is mostly from the social and then Kelly and Dave you'll hear at the end. Okay. Um, I'll speak. This is my, this is my first one. I've met, uh, met a few guys before at previous conferences elsewhere, but not this one, but just good. And especially in these times, just be able to have some time to connect with other ADs. It's a very, I'm finding it can be a very isolating experience trying to, develop and think about ways to develop your program during these times. So just a chance to connect again and reach out and touch base about ideas and thoughts and see what other people are doing. Um, you know, there was a thing the other day about the international aquatics guys I heard on one of your podcasts, actually, Nick, um, and stuff like that. So that, that stuff connected to this is just that chance to connect. 
it's just invaluable even if it is like todd said even if that's virtual i missed i, I hear my i miss the in-person ones but yeah this is my first yeah, nick so i look at it like just nice to see a little bit of evolution within the group of you know guys who are leading the NIAAA and taking the chance because I know, you know probably a good amount of them aren't you know as tech savvy as maybe we are because we've been working with a lot of the you know background team meetings and whatnot. But you know I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. I've had my comments on certain courses I took this week, but you know being honest with them and giving them that feedback will help them improve. Just like you know the content and the education helps us improve. So right. Well, obviously the networking, I mean, I've, I've been around, I've been in Qatar for a long time. I've met, uh, Todd doesn't remember it, but I met Todd in Bangkok for Kirby's Fair. I've known Kirby when Kirby was at Qatar. Uh, I knew Mike Meyer when he was at Qatar Academy. Uh, you know, you get to know kind of people around and stuff of like that and kind of coordinating that through. But uh, it was interesting, the number of, of non-international people at our sessions and just kind of talking to them and, and, it was fun kind of answering some of their questions, you know, because they had a lot of questions. But then you kind of, you're kind of also in retrospect, looking back at what you do, you don't think really is that big a deal. And they're like freaking out about these things. And I'm freaking about if I ever go back to the States, American football, holy crap, the liability. I'm taking this liability course 504. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to do that. But there, on the other hand, they're all freaking about visas and traveling. For me, I'm just like another travel agent. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, just seeing where our, our different positions are and places are, it's interesting. It was, it was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I have to echo that. I've really enjoyed those conversations. Uh, several of you mentioned that talking with stateside ADs and the differences that they deal with. And in, like you say, they, they're blown away by the stuff we do. And I'm just scared to death of some of the stuff that they have to do. Uh, so I, I do enjoy those conversations yeah. as well. Yeah, this is the first time for me as well. It was hilarious in that uh, 904, I think, with the Budapest thing, with the yeah. missing beds and the people doing this. And the, 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 I wasn't worried about the liability. The, the 12 beds missing gave me the shivers because we've all been there a week before a tournament. And they're like, they, you've got all this stuff going on, these American ADs. And, I was, and I'm thinking like 4,000 people at a Friday night football game sounds awful problem to me to deal with well i always in whatever form love um i just love connecting with the ad's because you realize how many other, how many people out there are living and embracing that education-based philosophy and um and sometimes you know in your own building it can feel like you're driving it and then you realize i mean I don't, I don't know how many, usually there's a couple thousand people at those conferences, but you realize how many of us are out there with the same uh, common philosophy. And I, I really, I really uh, like that about the conference, whether it's online or in person. And um, for the online conference, particularly this year, I don't know, the stars were aligned, but I was able to find classes that matched my professional goals exactly for this year. And um, I, my professional goals were about building that living uh, shared philosophy for your athletics and activities program. And I, I found um, a middle school one. I found the international one that you led. And just, it was like, it was custom made for my professional goals. So it was great. All right, so what I like most about the conference was, I think they took a lot of the elements that goes into making a really good national conference. And they were able to pull it off in a way where um, if you went into a workshop, you were able to have 
um, you know, uh, some sort of input into uh, with the speaker to be able to ask questions, to be able to get instant feedback, which doesn't always usually happen when everyone's there and you're in a conference room setting. So I thought that was really great. The opportunity to still do the exhibition hall, to be able to have the live chat feature to speak to other people. Um, so they did a really good job with the majority of the elements pulling it together. Right, so another, well, interesting part of this conference, they still had an exhibition hall uh, where you could check out vendors and see what they had on offer. Um, I didn't get a chance. I mean, I kind of did an overview of everybody because uh, it, it was, for me, it was just more screen time, which right. I could take or, or give or take, I suppose. But I did kind of scroll through and see what was out there on offer. Um, I did. That's one thing I definitely missed from last year because we had the chance to see all those folks and, and interact with the interact with the salespeople and get some souvenirs, some take home stuff, and then play some contests and things like that. Uh, so we'll hear. Uh, that's part of what Kelly's feedback was as well. She talked about that and and the the fun stuff that's usually involved. I think, I think overall, I mean, they did the best they could, of course, given the situation. It's still, and I think that's still a resource that's available. So there's there is something you're looking to buy to enhance your program or or right. you need equipment. I think you can still go there and check them out and get those resources, at least those contacts. And that and that was a big difference with the V-Fair thing, right? The the kind of, the way you walked into the, the conference and it was set up and then you had your sessions on the left and you had your exhibition hall. Um, it was cool, but but like you said, Matt, it wasn't, um, not like the in-person, you know, feet, you know, just massive spectacle that you would walk into. Yeah, but. It's, such a, it's such a highlight. If you've never been to the NIAAA or the NADC, yeah. it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's awe-inspiring because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, you don't expect that. And all of a sudden it's just this massive space filled up with all these vendors and stuff. And yeah. it's just, it's like going to a carnival. But we, we wanted to hear, um, not just what we thought about it, but obviously what a vendor thought about it, you know, the other side, if it was worthwhile for them. Uh, yeah. So of course we, uh, we got coach evaluator, uh, one of our yeah. two sponsors to uh, give us a bit of feedback and, um, Let's, uh, I'll kick it right over to Al. This was the first virtual conference for Coach Evaluator, and VFair, I felt, was very good. It was a very nice platform. I think it was very well done, and I liked the chat option available where you could be in the chat room as people were coming in to ask questions and even just had some of our current users say hello. Uh, the booths, the, the layout, I think, digitally was, was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty neat when you logged in and you saw the people walking around and everything, too. So I think as a platform, VFair was very good, and I hope as we do some more conferences until we can be back in person, uh, other states or countries use VFair because I thought it was very good, uh, a very good platform for the, the virtual conference. What... I'd say us, the coach evaluator, are missing most about the face-to-face -face NADC is just how well run it is and how just extraordinary it is in terms of the size and just seeing the ADs in person, especially current customers and be able to actually see them come up to the booth, say hello. Uh, new potential customers, <clears throat> we usually have iPads, uh, laptops set up where we can actually do kind of a quick walkthrough. 
which is nice to do, answer questions on the spot. Uh, you can have multiple you know, ADs come up to the booth, you know, so you can kind of talk to maybe four or five people at the same time very easily too. And also even just seeing some of the other, other vendors who we become close with over time. So that was one of the big things we missed most. But again, uh, the way that NIAAA ran the NADC this year was excellent in terms of the first time they had to do a virtual conference. And if they had to do it again this way, uh, we'd be all for it. But again, hopefully we can be in Denver next year. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, good that uh, they're going to stick around regardless of it, uh, if it's virtual or, or in person. Um, and while we're on Coach Evaluator and vendors, let's do an ad break. Coach Evaluator is the premier coach evaluation software for schools and athletic organizations and preferred coach evaluation solution of the NIAAA and the Positive Coaching Alliance. The system is completely customizable with an always growing evaluation template library for athletic directors to reference. There are not only evaluations for ADs to use, but also self-evaluations and parent player evaluations of coaches. Learn more about digitizing and simplifying your coach evaluation process by visiting www.coachevaluator.com. Mention Globetrotten ADs to receive a $200 discount on the yearly rate. Cookery are a global multi-sport clothing brand specializing in providing the world's most prestigious schools with bespoke made and designed team uniforms for students of all standards and abilities. If you are frustrated by inconsistent colors, branding, costs, and sizing across your school's uniforms, then it's time to discuss an offering where every sport is available from softball to soccer for male and female athletes at rates to suit your budget. To find out how Cookery could elevate the apparel of your student-athletes to a professional level, email the team at contact at cookerysports.com. A dedicated sales manager will offer you a quote today. Mention this ad and receive a special offer on your coach or PE staff order. Okay, so getting back to, you know, as we're coming towards the end of the year and the NADC is always one of the end of the year things we, we do in December, of course, and um, kind of gives us a chance also to look back on the year and look back and uh, think about things we want to improve on or change or, and of course, we want to think about the positives for the year, uh, from the year for professional personal growth. Um, so I think for professional growth, I mean, we've all had a crazy year with dealing with COVID and how it's impacted our schools and impacted our jobs as ADs because we we've been forced to do a lot more professional development, which isn't a bad thing as well. I think people had a lot more time for it. They could commit to, to PD and they've been more active, I think with their PD and, and reaching out for um, resources what the NIAAA provides. We've been able to kick off our, what we've done this year. So you know, with the, with our conference and then our, more of our podcast. So I think in that way, it's been a heck of a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and whatever reason we've had that time to dedicate to it, to right. kind of expose PD for, for more people. So right. that's been a pretty positive, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not what anybody uh, would choose, um, but can always take positives out of it. And that's why we wanted to ask uh, people, right. About what they thought about the year and not just, yeah not just COVID stuff, but uh, what's going to come out of it. And I think you, you mentioned it, but the conference is a, is a time to look back and, you know, cause it's the end of the year and you, you meet all these new people and 
that's where we kicked it off, right? Was walking around last year asking for people's right. profiles with the and uh, and getting this all started. So that's why we wanted to do a kind of episode with clips like this one um, for our kind of one year anniversary, right, Matt? Yeah. So this is, this is a good way to come back around to it and, and kind of celebrate what what it is we're trying to do here. Yeah. So um, you're going to hear clips, yeah, about people's positives from the year. Um, some are personal, some are professional. And uh, a lot came from the social. A couple new people that you didn't hear so far in the episode. And uh, then we also have uh, our friend Jason and Masanori. And uh, here you go. I think what's been so interesting about this time is is people have really embraced purpose, right? And so uh, we always talk about purpose. We always say we're educationally based athletics. Uh, we're all those things. Uh, but when the rubber hits the road, people want to beat their rivals. Um, and, and we're a victim of that here in Shanghai uh, with like SAS uh, compared to Concordia, stuff like that. And, and this has been such an interesting time when people have fully embraced the purpose, uh, what we're doing, they're, they're being creative. They have to think about uh, what is my main job and what are we trying to get for our students right now? And, and I think that's been a huge step. You know, Scott Hasek is not here right now. He's an AD at uh, SAS Pudong, Shanghai American School in Pudong um, here in Shanghai. And, and uh, we have these uh, Friday night events. We call it Phoenix Friday. He calls it Friday Night Lights. And, uh, and he has said that he's had better attendance and better outcomes from having Friday Night Lights being a full intra-school event, student v. staff, uh, where the focus is on uh, the kids and having fun and doing all those other things. Um, and so he may stay with that. Like he may not go back to rival uh, competitions on Friday night. And uh, I don't think Concordia is there, like my school. I don't think that we're, we're going to be in that position i think we want to play rivals that being said it's such an interesting moment for us to uh really consider and ask ourselves what is our purpose as ad's what is our purpose as an athletic department and uh and that's a good thing because when you ask that question it leads to better outcomes for our students um and this this has given us that pause to think about that i one of the things that i can take out of this COVID stuff is that I didn't realize I was so creative because we're having to be so creative all the time to try to keep kids engaged and, and doing different stuff. Um, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel all the time, but I am picking and stealing from other people. Quite a few people on this call. I've, I've taken their ideas. I used uh, the sports movie madness. I got that idea from Nick. I've done some paper basketball trick shot challenge stuff. I sold that from Mike Deneef. You know, but uh, you make it fit into your own system. And so it's been really interesting for me to, to think outside of the usual box of, you know, getting visas and getting that letter and booking, you know, doing the travel agent stuff we talked about earlier. Uh, so it's been different, but uh, somewhat educational as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd agree with I would say the increased collaboration that we're seeing has been huge this past year. I think the timing, Nick, for you guys kicking off the Globetrotting ADs was perfect. 
well because those conferences you did were awesome. Um, people are sharing, and you know, just like you were saying, Todd, we're we're using social media in a way totally different than we used to, and that was from. I don't even know his name. Some guy in Dubai who was in your conference, Nick, and just stealing little ideas from each other. Um, John and I have now set up a, every second Friday, we meet with Latin American ADs and we have between five and 20 people just popping in and everyone's at different stages in the journey. So we're, we're still not back on campus. So we're learning a lot from Brazil right now because they're, they're ahead of us, they're back. And so that's really useful. And people have been super open about sharing we're not guarding everything where schools are really sharing in the international world right now <laughs> I, I just want to jump in on the support part of that i think something that's come out of covid like we've always been there for each other as ad's but we've always been so bloody busy with our own rigmarole that we have to do that it was you know too infrequent that we we shared enough and i know todd was todd came into our division a little bit late but we were through covid as ad's we met every week and it was a meeting just to support each other because nobody else understood what we were going against, what we were losing, what we were trying to protect the kids from losing. And then the Globetrot and ADs conferences kicked in right at that time, which was the same kind of support network. And I think that's something we've leveraged during this time and it'll keep going. And I'm pretty excited about that. And I hope we really work to keep it going. And then here on, on our campus, I've really enjoyed, I've dug into the, um, the part of our, our uh, putting things out for kids where we used to always talk about character development, leadership, those kind of things, without being able to get into the gyms or into the on the field, we're still virtual here, have been since March. We basically, our entire program has been focused on building those leadership skills. And we just, we have the kids meeting virtually, going through different programs. And we're going to take, and we talk about it when we're having our meetings, how we're going to take those and put them into practices next year make sure they're an intentional part of everything we do. So that's something else that's going to definitely build as we move forward. All right. So just for me, um, just to share some uh, uh, kind of silver linings from this whole coronavirus thing. Um, this, uh, after last school year, I left the school that I'd been at for seven years, uh, but I still wanted to stay in Mongolia. My wife's Mongolian, my family's here. And so, um, you know, it can be difficult to move within the country that you're already in sometimes because a lot of the schools, they, they work together on some things and they don't want to poach each other. Um, but with, um, with coronavirus, all the schools were in a tough spot hiring international uh, teachers, foreign teachers to come in. So that allowed me essentially to kind of take my pick of what school I could go to. Um, and so I ended up at the British School of Ulaanbaatar and then uh, another positive with the, the whole coronavirus and the shakeup of everything is I don't have to change a program that's already going because there's a, so much uncertainty that I'm just building it together with the kids, right? So like it's kind of shooken everything up that now I'm just there to fix it and this is how we're going to do it and this is the way that I'm going to do it. Um, so it's kind of let me implement my own style, my own system uh, without having to fight against uh, what's already going there. Um, and then lastly, uh, with school shutting down with online lessons, uh, it's given me a chance to uh, kind of cooperate with Jeff Coops, who's in the call. They're just kind of sitting there listening to everybody. Uh, and we've actually started our own podcast, uh, Athletics for Life. Uh, we had Nick and uh, Matt on from Globetrotten ADs uh, and just promoting education-based athletics and kind of from our perspective in Mongolia. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just kind of a shameless plug for that as well. And uh 
we love what Nick and Matt are doing. And so they kind of inspired us that, hey, we can do something uh, like that in our little corner of the world over here. So a um, little bit different focus, but uh, you guys kind of showed us that, hey, we could do something like that too. So uh, Corona's kind of given us the, the time, I guess, to, to do that. Speaking about time, so for the last three years, we've been under an embargo in Qatar. So it's been a rush, rush, rush trying to find tournaments because we're not actually able to participate in our conference tournaments for over half of them because they're in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. So we can't travel and they can't come to us. And so we've been going to Kirby. We've been going to Japan. We've been going to, to Getz in South Africa. And it's been interesting, but we've been able to get our kids all these opportunities. But with the Corona, with that, some of the things, other things get dropped, like revisiting your child protection for the for travel, revisiting this, revisiting these documentation for things get cleaned up. Your inventory of your equipment. Yeah, we're making it go, we go, go. But some things are starting to, you know, get a little worn out. So for us, having the time to actually sit and go through all that needless, you know, it's not needless, but that paperwork that we hate doing, but then we're not trying to rush it to get it done has been, and trying to figure these things out um, and how to get things, it's been as good for us as far as timing goes. Just slowing it down enough to actually get to the depth and depth work that we haven't been able to get to. Unfortunately, my wife and I, this was to be our sabbatical year, <laughs> the worst possible timing. Um, we, we resigned from ISU in Uganda in November, and then by February, the world was flipped upside down. So we're back home in Nova Scotia and East Canada. But anyway, it's good to spend time with family. But I think one of the things to take away from COVID, and congratulations to all of you guys, because you've done an excellent job and everybody's learning as they go. But I'm absolutely amazed at the amount of sharing that has happened uh, through COVID-19. Any of the ADs or anybody in sports administration that I've reached out to personally have been absolutely phenomenal in what they've shared um, with COVID plans or reopening plans and, and touching base. So, you know, you guys deserve a huge amount of credit for what you guys have been doing this year. And I think the sharing aspect is something that I take away from it. And everybody's been fantastic. Uh, I think from this whole situation, the one the one positive actually is visas. I don't we haven't we have, we, have, we have not been able to, to travel for let's see last tournament was November 2019, and getting visas is an absolute nightmare in Mongolia. So uh, I've been sharing this in 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 springtime in the 900 courses that I have to stand in line from 9 p.m. in the evening to 9 a.m. in the morning uh, in front of a big steel door in Mongolia with minus 30. So not doing that for, for a few rounds has been very nice. So I uh, got some more sleep and less pollution. And uh, it's, good, it's good for my lungs. So I'll speak, Nick, on a I guess a silver lining, you know, since I transitioned down here to Brazil. Not a huge school, 650 K to 12, but um, I have about 20 coaches. And then, you know, incorporating it to come into a new school, you know, how to see the guys that are coming back. But also then, you know, I did a distance learning athletics, all virtual type deal. And then to see how, you know, those coaches work, because something I preached a lot was, you know, we got to build relationships for when the time comes to come back on the campus. And now in the second semester, we will. But then it also allowed me kind of like Todd to get creative with, you know, the recruitment, but also, you know, the promotion of the program. But then it really allowed me to see how the coaches work behind the scenes and see who, you know, has the skills with paperwork and whatnot, or who needs maybe a little bit of help 
in a zoom session to, you know, and I basically promoted it as like the longest team talk and off season workout you guys will ever experience. But this is where we're at. You know, they didn't have anything in the spring when COVID hit, they just stopped because the part-time ADs didn't carry it on. And then once I came on, it's like, all right, a lot of possibilities. It's very impactful what sports and activities mean to kids. I think it really elevated our profession and what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, like it was really cool here in Denmark. We got a, whole host of restrictions in, I don't know, like early, early November when everyone was being shut down, but we were still open. And the prime minister actually said that youth sports and activities will go on as they go. Um, and they, they put the, all the restrictions on the over 21s, but they said kids have to play. Um, so I think that was a huge message, you know, just from her all the way down. So we actually did everything. We just shut down on Sunday. So we almost got a whole everything in from August till now. So I think that was great. And I also think the confidence the administration had in the, not only like the coaches and us to do it, but like of the kids as well to adhere to the guidelines and to have them out there and do all that was great. So, and just the whole, so it's kind of a nice validation for what we do. Um, I think it's a chance to, to number one, live in, in my community and then, and, um, I'm feeling like I've, I've contributed with this, with the COVID testing and the case investigation and the swabbing. Um, and I think it's just been, I've, I felt like I've contributed to trying to get over this. Um, Personally to take stock of all the things that were really important in my life. I had a, a, some time to really think about, you know, reevaluating my priorities and, um, and uh, I really, I re I was appreciative of that time to, to really take stock of all the things I think are important. And also, uh, I was reminded through my school community here and the country here, and just what I've watched all over the news, reconnecting with people, of just really how generous and kind and caring most people in the world really are. And that I really did feel like, for the first time in my life, of really noticing that for we, the whole world, I felt like really was in it together. Everyone, I don't think there was a section of the world that, that wasn't, that escaped the impact of this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that really got me thinking. So um, I think one thing as well, slowing down and taking a look at things, I feel like with our school and, and um, we've, I think we've really realized how valuable schools and teachers and coaches how they are to a, to a community, you know, not just in my school, but all over the world. The, we've really recognized the values of, of, um, of people who are leading programs for kids. And, um, and our school has really taken the time to, to think about that and notice that. And, and, uh, and, that, and that's been uh, really nice to really recognize that we've chosen a profession that has immense value for the young people in the world. So what's been really great for me is that because we have been virtual and we've had a number of our programs that have really struggled to get off the ground just with government rules and school rules and things like that, I've been able to put my time into a lot of professional development, which has helped me to grow programs at my school, but it's also helped me uh, to learn more about my job and my craft and to be able to speak with you know people like you and, and others from around the world um, and find out what they're doing and to be able to put that into my program as well my practices that I'm, that I'm doing um, that's been really 
really awesome actually and that's and from March through until about now we're in December I've done so many professional development things that I probably normally wouldn't have been able to do because you know our jobs are just so busy but with that sort of you know the travel being taken away the hosting the things of that nature just not being there it's just been easier to spend time on that yeah definitely uh i think before before this uh pandemic set in man i didn't know anything i never even heard of zoom uh so that's definitely one piece of technology that i'm going to take and and utilize i'm mason Ori talked about it earlier uh this is a great platform to be able to share those parent meetings with people who either may not feel comfortable coming to an in-person uh, setting or somebody who who has you know trouble interacting socially in large group gatherings. We could do this, you know, and be still have a personal face-to-face. -face. So I'm definitely going to take the uh, the platforms now that the, the the digital platforms and utilize that from here on out. For us, this is as international folks, this is a, a, a amazing way to do it through the Zoom because a lot of times we'll have our preseason parent meetings and we get it like for us, we in the past we've had a decent turnout. And mostly for us, it's a lot of new families to the school who just want to know more about the program or yeah. or in a lot of cases their kids never even played a sport. So they need to know like, well, okay, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna get out of it? Right. But we also have situations where we have parents who might be traveling or they're abroad, you know, because of, because of work and they can't, they simply can't be in country at the time we're having that particular meeting. So zoom is an amazing tool for us nowadays going forward to get that information out, to have the opportunity for a question and answer. And the beautiful thing is if you're, if you're concise and your, your, your content is good and you know what you're talking about, you can really do it all. I think in probably an hour or so's time. So it doesn't really, uh, eat up a lot of people's time and stuff. So it's 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 a great way for going forward, I think. Yeah. Um, for us, you know, for me, it's just the creativity through social media, uh, through just technology, learning how to promote your athletes while they're not participating, learning how to promote your school, learning how to thank your sponsors and keep them engaged so you can still continue to generate revenue. Um, we started using... Uh, Zoom probably a little over a year before this COVID thing hit because in st the state of North Carolina, from one end to the other, it's eight hours. And so, you know, we started using that for our ADs association so we could, we didn't have to drive, everybody drive to Raleigh because from Charlotte to Raleigh is three hours. We hop on a Zoom, we can be more productive. So we were using it. And so when it came out, I was like, man, Zoom's easy. You know, and so you, now you got Google. Now you got Google Meet. You got Webcast. You got WebEx. So you got all these different platforms now. It's all about what makes it best. Um, but I think one thing on the personal side is, I got to realize that I needed to learn balance um, with my family and with work. Uh, I said I was twenty four seven earlier. You know, with my email and phone number being dumb because you're always worrying about what's going on on campus, especially if the team is traveling. Um, and a lot of times your wife or your significant other and your kids, your personal kids get um, neglected and, and left behind. And so from March 13th, when North Carolina shut down to now, I've been able to attend practices. I've been able to have conversations with my wife face to face. We've been able to sit down and have dinner um, as a family. And so um, 
just when sports come back, I got to keep that in my mind to make sure that I, I have the balance between work um, and family. Okay, well, we know we're getting long, um, long episode, lots of clips, uh, and we're getting close to the end, but definitely some great uh, sections left and uh, a little bit of fun. And I mentioned before already about sitting with Mike, Doug, and Phil after our meeting, and you heard Mike talk already, um, but it was a great, it was a great chance. It was just two days after the conference officially ended, um, and we got some good reflections from Phil about the conference. And about the year, uh, and also got to ask a good friend of ours, Doug Kilgore, about his Hall of Fame induction. And, yeah, uh, that was great. It's a nice, nice little wrap up. Um, so here you go. Well, Doug Kilgore, Hall of Famer. Doug, congratulations, and tell us what it was like when you got the call. Well, I was. Uh temporarily dumbfounded which any amount of being dumbfounded is incredible for me because I, I rarely am at a loss for words but I remember getting uh, getting notification back in uh, back in January I believe it was and it was I knew I had just uh, you know most very recently retired eligible whatever you want to say about the whole thing and it was it was really a shock. I immediately started thinking about the people that were already in Hall of Fame, the majority of whom I set up on pedestals. I mean, they are people that brought me along, that slapped me down, that encouraged me, that assigned me duties to expand my boundaries. And it it became one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it was an awe-inspiring experience. And so many people think uh, that you're grateful and yet you're so humble and consider the idea that what have I done compared to some of these other people that have been so high in my estimation. But uh, this entire experience so far has been great. Uh, I'm looking forward to Denver. It is something that the thing that I miss most is sharing it. So many people, including uh, young Mr. Rise in there, uh, that you know, just like to share and reach out and touch and hug and tell stories and you know, shed a tear or two even. That uh, that to me was was a tragic event related to COVID. Thanks, Doug. Uh, that's great. Well, you mentioned Phil, and uh, we're on the end of a give and take session here. And uh, we've been keeping you waiting, um, so thank you. Uh, you did this extra session to suit the time zone, and I wanted to highlight that and say thank you because no matter what we do, we always get the support of, it seems like, the whole office, you know, from the all-stars like Mike and Doug, uh, Phil, and, you, you know, you're in every session, every meeting that we're in. Um, Mike, who's just left, and Bruce, and everybody, you're always so supportive. Um, so before we hear about what you think about the conference, I, I really want to say thank you from all of us for all this, uh, high level support that we always get from you. Thank you, Nick. I mean, um, uh, first of all, um, 
we look at the opportunity to influence and through the international community, we continue to uh, broaden that outreach and continue to have the opportunity to reach those that we maybe never thought we would reach uh, when this organization first started. So we're excited about uh, the steps that are being taken and we're excited about the future. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, one more question. Um, I know it's really close to the end of the conference now, but give us your impression. How did it go? What was your favorite thing? And, you know, obviously we want to be in person. Well, that, that is true, Nick. We, we do, as Doug and Mike have already alluded to, we wanted to be in person. Uh, this year it didn't afford itself. And so with that, uh, as an office staff, I think for me, the, um, the takeaway for me is to watch uh, the plan develop and then to see it come to fruition in the sense that seeing everything play out throughout the conference. As you know, the opening general session, you know, there were over 16 different recorded sessions that were migrated into one at production. Uh, and you've already talked to Mike Ellison and then Becky, both of them did their speeches. They, they loaded them into our platform and then our core. So to see that was absolutely phenomenal. And then to see, I think, uh, the, the participation in our workshops, and to see those. And then again, Nick, our, our leadership training, when you look at that over that four day window, we exceeded a record of leadership training courses uh, compared to any other conference we've ever had. So uh, there were a lot of takeaways, a lot of celebration, a lot of anxiety, anxiety in the sense of sitting behind a computer and not having control. Um, and so with that, we learned a lot. Uh, we uh, we uh, would like to celebrate that success, but I think for Mike and I and the staff, where we want to be in, in celebration is in 2021, we want to be in Denver and being able to see um, our members. I think our, our association, one of the most important things is relationships. That's the networking component that we all want to be a part of. And we want to see each other. We want to communicate with each other physically. I think our soul wants that. And so with that, we look forward to hopefully uh, as our athletic administrators work through their, could be their fall season starting in January, or it could be, it could be, it depends on where they're at with that, that spectrum. But as they work through that, we're going to work uh, with in mind with a positive attitude that in 2021 we're going to we're going to regroup and have a celebration in in, in Denver. Great, thanks, Phil. Nick, if uh, I might yeah, uh, make another comment that involves both of these individuals whom uh, whom I have worked with intensely and and love dearly. Uh, in my experience with the NIAAA, a significant time of that uh, being on the board. All these elections and decisions and, and personnel and committees and, and awards and all of this thing, due to the quality of our organization, it comes down to splitting hairs and then splitting hairs and then splitting hairs. I can't think of but a handful of decision-making times where it was a win-win situation. Uh, people are looking for the best. We're, we're not doing the Sears good better we're always dealing with the best. And even though Mike uh, came out 
on, on you know second place in his election run here it was there was no way anyone could lose uh mike is a is a grand fellow and yet there is that give back of i can't think of anyone more more deserving more representative of the kovaleski award with regard to leadership training than mike and i can take that back to i was involved in the process that selected uh, the new associate executive director which it ended up being phil and uh, at that time we talked repeatedly how are we going to make a decision how are we going to make distinctions we're going to get down to that splitting hair microscopic level again and one of the greatest things about satisfaction is in that particular case and virtually all of the others we knocked it out of the park and i'm proud of phil for the way he has performed, stepped up, and uh, you know, in, in a lot of realistic probabilities, he could be the future leadership of the organization for many years to come. So with that, I think that speaks primarily to the nature of the NIAAA. It is comprised of outstanding professionals who are also outstanding people. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's great. People who have been in many, many conferences in person ones uh mike and doug what do you what was your favorite part of being a participant these last few days well i i can speak I, i'll say first of all for me it's you know one of the things i want to reflect back is our ltc 705 course mm -hmm. we've been having around 25 to 30 and this year we had about 40 and phil could speak to you know I'm curious to know if all of the courses had more numbers than normal. And in an interesting kind of way, Nick, we were able to really connect. Um, we just rewrote the course last February and Lauren Otero, who is a newly uh, selected secretary of the board and, and Mick Hoffman from Washington State, that was our teaching team. And it was a big takeaway for me, just the interaction, the camaraderie, even the notes that came after. Um, and then to be able to watch Lannis interview Tony Dungy and Derek Brooks, to feel like that through the screen, they were speaking directly to me, even though there were nearly 2000 people in uh, both of those sessions, uh, those were huge takeaways. And I think their messages were able to make more impact because of, of us watching on a screen than if we'd have been running out in and out of the room or you know, leaning over and saying, hey, did you do this or did you do that during the during the conference? So more laser focus was definitely an advantage of this conference. And then, you know, I want to flip it back on Doug and say um, what an honor um, for him to be selected as a Hall of Fame member. And it's a no brainer to me because he's on that pedestal for me that he spoke to earlier about others. And, you know, one of the teachers that teaches at our school here in Nashville used to teach with Doug and you should hear her speak to, about him. Now, that's not someone from the NIAAA saying the politically correct thing. It's somebody that really knew the essence of the man or knows the essence of the man. And he's a hall of famer, both with the NIAAA and in the trenches with um, fellow faculty members. So huge shout out to, to Doug. And, and then like we're all saying, just a big shout out to Phil and Mike and the entire staff, Nellie, Alex, um, Cheryl, Patty, Sharice, all of them, and the phenomenal job that they did to pull this off. So my takeaways are 100% all positive, but I don't want to do it again online. 
Hey, Nick, I, I would be Thank remiss. You, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Mike and I and how yeah. proud we are of uh, Lannis Robinson and the job he did in leading our board and leading the conference through meetings. And I thought it was interesting. I shared with uh, our board yesterday in our final meeting. I had a friend of mine whenever Lannis was in her, uh, the closing general session with Derek Brooks. I had a friend of mine text me and say, wow, isn't it neat that Lannis gets to interview these two legends? <laughs> and my reply back was, no, isn't it neat that these two legends get to talk to the NIAAA legend? <laughs> yeah. I really felt like he just, his, uh, his demeanor, uh, his approach, um, his style was just absolutely perfect uh, for this year. It's unfortunate we didn't get to visit Tampa, his hometown. But as a, a true athletic administrator, and just as what Mike is talking about, those life's flows of highs and lows, Mm-hmm. Lannis dealt with that with true grace and dignity and, and led with distinction. So next up, we're going to talk about meeting interesting people. And that's always, always one of the highlights for me is coming across, uh, you know, me enjoying the social aspect of the, the conference and getting out there and, and coming, you know, you always meet somebody new. Uh, you always meet somebody interesting or learn something new about something and, we had, were in the section, or sorry, we were in the workshop with Jason uh, Collar, his, te- his uh, preseason meeting workshop, which right. was great. Yeah. And his co-presenter was uh, Masanori Taguchi from North Carolina. And before the thing even started, we were making some small talk before the, the workshop even started and right. found out right. that Masanori's dad was a former pro wrestler in the WWF. Yeah. Yeah. Those- that I got excited because I was I love pro wrestling when I did. <laughs> and I still have some good memories of of watching it and going right. to uh, some events in person. So that was cool to hear. I, I appreciated hearing the stories yeah. about uh, his dad being. A, I guess he was also an instructor. I guess he was a yeah. pro wrestling coach in, in yeah. addition to being an actual wrestler. Yeah, and because we we hung on afterwards to ask them the questions uh, that you've already heard. Uh, of course, we took the time to ask a little bit more about about his dad, and uh, and this is the reply he gave. My dad is a professional wrestler. He started in Japan, um, and he came over with um, to Charlotte with Crockett in the NWA, um, and then transitioned to the WWF. Um, when it, when if if you ever watch, they talk about how wrestling circuits was regional, like. You know, Vince McMahon was just the north, northeast, and then it was there was George South in Florida and Georgia, and then it was a, a circuit out west and Midwest and Oklahoma and all that, and then Vince bought all of it. Um, and so, if you made it to WWF, you kind of were in the elite of wrestling. Um, and so, my dad's my dad's stage name or ring name was Tiger Chung Lee uh, with the WWF and Kim Duck in the NWA, and in Japan he goes by Tiger Taguchi. Um, so, um, you know, the claim was he and Mr. Fuji were tag team champions. Um, you know, the Samoa SWAT team, road warriors, all those guys. Um, but I think the thing that always, you know, made him the, the maddest was he would ask who his favorite wrestler was. And it was Hulkamania. Hulk Hogan was my favorite wrestler. It was Hulkamania. 
Hulkamania all the way. So um, I still watch it to the day. Um, you know, up until I probably was six, seven years old, if you told me it was staged and, and choreographed, I'd have fought you. I'd have, I'd have showed you that. I'd have showed you that the figure four in the headlock was real. Um, so it was. Uh, I still watch wrestling to this day. Um, I don't watch it as much, uh, but um, yeah, I still I still love watching the WWF. Um, not as not as much as I used to, but I tell you, in college, when Stone Cold and Dwayne Johnson, The Rock Johnson, and all those were going at it, uh, man, it was it was some fun Monday nights at the football practice in the dorms. <laughs> I had to drop in my Macho Man Randy Savage impression, which I think he got a kick out of. Yeah, you did. I wasn't sure when you did it at the beginning, but yeah, apparently with the Hulkamania running wild. Um, he, oh, sure yeah. He <laughs> but those are the conversations you have, you know, afterwards, the bar. Hey, hey, this, this guy did this or or that. That's the fun stuff. So I'm glad we had, you know, we got a little fun out of the, the whole experience as well and not just some good PD, right? Absolutely. And hopefully next year we'll be back in person out there in Denver. Um, and we can meet some more and new interesting people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll have to think, you know, definitely a, a Globetrotten AD social um, somewhere, some fine establishment sure. or uh, yeah. some other fun stuff we can we well, can think we of. We've got a year to do our research to find a, a cool place that's got an international feel to it. So if anybody out there has a suggestion for somewhere in Denver that might be a good venue for the Globetrot and AD's social hour. Yeah. Drop us a line. Yeah. If or if you're if you're on the uh the committee there, someone from from Colorado listening, um help us out. Give us the uh give us a good spot. If you've lasted this long of through this whole episode and are still yeah. listening to this right now, of course. And some ski spots. I'm, I'm sure that won't be <laughs> that won't be difficult to find, but I definitely plan on taking some time to do a little skiing. Yeah. Well, it was a good conference. All in all, I really liked it. Really, um, really well done. Uh, Absolutely. Show- yeah, I yeah. Great. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I think it was a success. If they right. feel like it was a success. Yeah. Uh, you know, we heard that the number was about 1,900 people yeah. participated, yeah. So, which is phenomenal that they were able to get that number because I, I don't think they were originally – I'm not sure what the number they were expecting, but I remember a couple of weeks prior to it, it wasn't anywhere near that. So um, that was positive to hear yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then the number of internationals was the highest ever. Uh, of course, you could join wherever you were, but hopefully that leads to people coming to the in-person conference because that really is uh, obviously the best, the best of the best there. But yeah, I think Matt, look into next year. I don't know if I want to do another clip episode. That's just too much work. <laughs> <laughs> there's my my year reflection is just interviews <laughs> conversations well i mean we, we'll try it again next year we'll just have a little more streamlined yeah, approach yeah. Best. we'll do All something right. for sure yeah but it was good it was good to hear the voices the, <laughs> the voices of the folks and their feedback so yeah adds a little flavor somebody can listen they can listen to somebody else besides you and me for a minute which isn't for always sure. bad <laughs> okay well it is monday december 21st and uh hey, we're on holiday we're, we're yeah we're, we're already yeah get back get back to, to relaxing <laughs> but uh we'll uh this is it for the year so uh we'll come to you 
in 2021 with the next episode. So happy new year. Happy new year, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, enjoy your holidays wherever you are. And we'll see you next time here on the Globe Chotten ADs. Merry Christmas. Until next week, this has been another episode of the Globe Trotten ADs. <laughs>